Hi everybody, and welcome to another episode of There I Read It, where I'm going over Harry Potter chapter by chapter for the first time in my life. And today we are on chapter 11 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. There's a ton of stuff going on, so instead of trying to summarize, I'm just going to jump straight into my notes. Gryffindor is now in the lead for the House Cup. It says that 50 points were earned, but I'm not sure if that is like Quidditch points or like points for Gryffindor because Harry managed to catch the Golden Snitch with a broken arm. I, I'm not quite clear on that. But Harry's arm is healed now and he goes looking for Ron and Hermione, which he can't find it first because they are in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom making, I guess, a toilet potion, kind of like a prison toilet wine. They've got a cauldron in one of the stalls that they're locked up in, and apparently making portable waterproof fires is a specialty of Hermione's, so it's working out nicely that they can brew a toilet potion. And Ginny Weasley is just so distraught about Colin Creevy being petrified, and it... it Fred and George really, they want to help her. Like, we see that they care about her, but they have no idea what to do. So instead of talking to her or giving her space or doing anything practical, they decide to keep covering themselves in either fur or boils and then jump scaring Jenny. Like, that's gonna make her feel better. Boys are weird. Then Neville makes a remark where he says they went for Filch first, talking about whatever the monster from the Chamber of Secrets is, and that makes me wonder, was the monster trying to get Filch and Mrs. Norris just got in the way? Or are Filch and Mrs. Norris just connected in such a weird way that the monster thought Norris was Filch? I don't know. It seems like an issue up for debate, at least at this point. Maybe later in the book they'll explain. And now it is the second week of December and the Polyjuice Potion is only half finished, but McGarnagle is going around trying to figure out who's going to stay for Christmas break and who's going to go home. And it turns out that Ron Harry, Hermione, and Draco are all going to stay at Hogwarts for the holidays, which they think it's suspicious that Draco's staying behind. But to finish the Polyjuice Potion, they still need two really rare ingredients that they know Snape has hiding in his little chamber there. So Harry has to create a distraction with a filibuster firework, and he uses that firework to explode Goyle's swelling potion, which makes everybody have, you know, wherever that potion hit, they, they swell up their nose or their hands or whatever. So it's a pretty big issue. Kids are freaking out. Snape has to deal with that. And that gives Hermione the chance to sneak into his closet or whatever and steal what she needs. But it's still going to be two weeks before that potion is ready. Now about one week later, there's an announcement that a dueling club is starting up and Gilderoy Lockhart ends up being the one leading it with Snape assisting. Uh, and Snape is assisting very begrudgingly. When Lockhart and Snake do sort of a demonstration duel, Snape uses Expelliarmus, I'm gonna say these slowly so I hopefully say them somewhat right, which is a disarming charm that sends Lockhart just flying across the room. And in classic Lockhart fashion, he's like, uh, yes, I could have uh, I could have countered that if I wanted to, but I thought this would be a good example. <laughs> I'm dying. And then for whatever cockamamie reason, they decide to let all the students pair off and have them all duel together at the same time, which does not sound like a smart thing to do for their first duel attempt. And Snape intervenes and ends up putting Harry and Malfoy paired together 
together and Malfoy cheats and instead of, you know, one, two, three, duel, he goes one, two and, you know, flicks the Expelliarmus charm at Harry. And it hits Harry, that annoys him, so he retaliates with Rictusimpra, which is a tickling charm, and that also annoys Draco, so he uses Tarantaligra, which is a dancing charm, I guess? And then Snape has to get involved and stop all the students from doing stuff. They're they're completely in chaos. Not just Harry and Draco, but every student is in chaos. With Ron's wand doing something unexpected and hurting his opponent, Seamus. And so Lockhart goes, oh, maybe that wasn't a great idea. So let me instead teach you how to block spells. And for whatever reason, this whole vortex around Harry and Malfoy just gets deeper and deeper. But they are the two chosen to demonstrate the blocking technique. And then Snape whispers something to Draco, and Draco gets out on the floor and uses Serpensortia, which makes a snake materialize on the floor in front of them. And Harry's like scared, he's frozen, he doesn't know what to do. Lockhart intervenes and just makes the snake matter, which ends up turning the snake towards, I'm going to try to do this from memory, Justin Filch Fletchery, I think is his name. Justin for sure. (laughs) Justin I know is right. And so Harry screams out, you know, leave him alone! And the snake gets docile. And that horrifies all of the kids because Harry, much to his own surprise, is a parcel mouth. And a parcel mouth is someone who can speak to snakes, but even though that person is speaking to the snake, they think in English, it actually sounds like a completely different language to everybody else. So everybody was all freaked out that Harry was trying to sick the snake onto Justin. You know, anytime there's chaos, people, and especially kids, tend to rewrite history to fit what they need that to be, you know, what narrative works for what they believe happened. And that certainly seems to be the case here because Harry's really frustrated that he's getting blamed at all for something he had nothing to do with, which was, first of all, creating the snake, second of all, turning the snake on Justin, and third of all, being told he was trying to hurt Justin when he was trying to call the snake off. But it turns out that Parcelmouth is a big deal because not a lot of wizards can do that. And it's usually associated to something that dark wizards can do. Plus, it turns out that Salazar Slytherin was a parcel mouth too. And, you know, this whole air of Slytherin thing is still ripe all over the school. People are terrified. So it's not making Harry look good. And especially not with the fact that Justin is muggle-born. So it looks like Harry targeted him with the snake. He was after him for being a mudblood. And in the library, Harry overhears a kid, I believe his name was Ernie, but I didn't write it down. But he overhears these Hufflepuffs talking and they say, well, listen, Harry survived Voldemort as a baby. So that kind of implies he has really dark wizardy stuff on his side. Then Colin Creevy annoyed Harry and he's petrified. Filch and Harry were getting into it. And then the next thing you know, Filch's cat, Mrs. Norris, is petrified. And Harry can't even get along with the Dursleys who he lives with. So he hates muggles. And I mean, truly, it does kind of sound bad for Harry, doesn't it? And then because Harry's class is canceled, he's kind of in the hallways when he shouldn't be. And he ends up tripping over a petrified Justin. And then just above him is a nearly headless Nick who is now smoky and black and petrified as well. Nobody even knows what to do for a petrified ghost. There might not be a good cure. And Harry considers for a moment just running away and not reporting it because he doesn't want to get blamed for something he didn't do. But Peeves the poltergeist shows up and makes a big ruckus and he even ends up singing Harry a little song. Oh Potter you rotter, oh what have you done? You're killing off students, you think it's good fun. So 
it is really a bad look on Harry. It's a very stacking case against him at this point. Even though we the readers and Harry himself knows he didn't do it. Uh, I mean, I'll be surprised if even Ron and Hermione don't turn on him by the end of this book, at least for a little bit. Oh, and while they are trying to move Justin, the name Professor Sinistra comes up. He is, or she is maybe, over the astrology department. And at this point, I'm going to assume that that voice that Harry keeps hearing that no one else does is going to be snake related since the snake issue seems to be such a big deal right now. Again, I can kind of remember-ish from the movies, but it's, it, it's so hazy. There's so many things in the book that suddenly it's like a cloud parted and now, oh yeah, I remember this piece of the movie. But it's not working the other way around. Like, I'm having trouble remembering how the movie went without reading the book. But we've got some serious drama brewing, and I'm kind of excited to see where this goes and what happens next. I mean, it really is a lot of circumstances stacking up against Harry. And Hermione's even thinking that, hey, Salazen Slytherin was alive a thousand years ago, so you could be his descendant. Like, nobody can know. But we'll just have to wait for the next chapter to see what happens. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna thank you so much for watching today. Remember, Remember to subscribe and tune in next week for the next chapter of this book. And other than that, we'll see you next time, family members. Well, family members, we're almost done, but I want to invite you to hang out with me in some other places. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as my own personal self, and I have a Facebook page too, but I mostly just post photos over there. And sometimes people say, hey, McGann, I want to mail you something. How do I do that? Easy. Just click the About tab on my channel page, and my most current P.O. Box info will be right there. I also run another channel, The Family. It's really a hodgepodge channel where we might post anything. Oh yeah, and I also sell shirts and stickers and stuff with the family and the fangirl logos. If that is your cup of tea, I have a link in every description of every video. Finally, if you want to help out the fangirl channel and make sure I'm putting out video essays for years to come, the best way you can help is by subscribing and watching more of my videos, whether they're new, old, whatever. Maybe even share one or two on social media, help spread the word. People who watch to the end of videos like you helps to tell the site, hey, this is a good video. We should recommend it to other people. So if you made it this far, leave me a comment of something like, hey, I made it to the end. Love ya. See you next time, family members. Bye.